Welcome to Strategy International, a podcast produced by PodMTL that brings you insightful conversations with experts from all over the world on topics related to international relations and policy, security, defense, environment, and much more. And now, your host, George Santrizos. Good day, everyone, and welcome to this very first episode of Strategy International podcast. Thank you all for joining us. I'm your host, George Santrizos. And today our guest is none other than the founder, the man, Mr. Strategy International himself, my good friend, Dr. Mario Seftimiopoulos. How are you? Good. Thanks, George, for uh, having me today and uh, welcome uh, yourself to Strategy International and to, to the show. And I wish you the very best of luck. Um, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to see a lot of good podcasts that we're going to make together. And I know that we have shared already too many ideas, but I'll, I'll give you also the floor to say a few things about what we intend to do before <laughs> this you is, start asking me questions. Honestly, this is this is super exciting. And, you know, we're going to get to what's happening. Uh, this is the, the objective of, the, uh, of this first episode, basically to introduce this uh, this beast, this baby of yours um, uh, to the world. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, I'm super excited um, because uh, it's been a little while now that I'm involved in this digital media uh, world. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I'm not an expert. I'm not a pro, but it's um, it, it's this new uh, era for everyone all over the world. Right. And uh, there, it's this huge phenomenon happening where people can just get informed, you know, with a click of a button. And um the fact that you're doing what you're doing, which we're going to go over, and that you're creating this sort of side branch into the, the company that deals with digital media, uh, for me, is very exciting. And I hope that it brings a lot of value. In fact, I know that it will bring a lot of value uh, to a lot of people. And uh, I was super excited uh, to, to join in and uh, to do this, uh, this venture with you. Um, before we get to that, though, let's just tell everyone a little bit about us. Because uh, we had I had the opportunity of meeting you you know, we're not going to go two years now. We don't want to expose our age, but uh, it, it's quite a while back when I was uh, an intern uh, working in Greece and we met there. It was a NATO um, affiliated organization and we met over there. And, you know, over the years, I, I followed you and the progress and uh, the, you know, uh, the projects that you were doing, thankfully, uh, due to social media, right? I mean, it's the only way people seem to connect these days. And uh, I, I, I kept uh, following you and you were doing extraordinary things. And uh, we reconnected earlier this year on my other podcast um, where we spoke about, you know, some of the challenges uh, around the Ukraine issue, which maybe we can even discuss later. Uh, and um, I, I was uh, completely um, impressed and proud of everything that you you, you were doing, and um, and I'm super super happy to see these things come to fruition because we're talking about this is back in February where you were telling me all the plans going forward for uh, for Strategy International, and to see these whatever five six months later unfolding and 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 coming to reality and you guys progressing, um, I'm super super excited. It's us progressing, by the way, not 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 we guys. Like you, you you're part of this progress and this achievement, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the reason behind it is that Strategy International is not um, operationally, at least, it's not a one man show. Um, it is a consulting firm and a think tank that we actually created from the idea to have people from around the world and to be able to work together. We're using the best of technology abilities, and we're going to be using a lot of media, as you said, different varieties of media and different varieties of publications and different methods of approach, of networking, of PR events, of conferences and and webinars and seminars and trainings and so on and so forth. Open sessions, closed sessions, books, booklets, and goes on and on and on. Um, but that being said, the, the achievement has very much to do so with the human capabilities and the capacities of the people to basically embrace what Strategy International is and what it will stand for in the years to come. So, 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 uh, let's, jump, so let's jump right in there, uh, Mario. Let's go through the W5, right? What is Strategy International? How did it start? Because I remember this. I mean, this is not new. I mean, it's new in, in, in its actual 
phase and the actual era you're taking it. But in reality, Strategy International is not new. I remember this. Um, you had created many, many years ago where it was um, a means through which you were organizing different seminars and conferences and you were bringing different actors together, um, all with one purpose, right? To bring value to uh, to the people and to your members. Uh, and just recently, it kind of shifted. So how did this whole thing start? Okay. Um, well, it goes back again years, as you said at that at that point, where um, you know a young scientist is actually graduated from his PhD, and he wants to do more than what the traditional steps are, the traditional pathways are, while at the same time and being allowed to to write and take part in a variety of things the, in, in different capabilities and different methodologies that would actually allow for the voice to come out, for the opinions to come out, to become public, while at the same time uh, progress new ideas, uh, new ideas that at the time may not have been um, too much well understood, but eventually were very much understood some years later, including the events taking place today. Um, Strategy International was a non-for-profit company that was first was created in Greece, and we created it uh, initially with a with a colleague of ours at Strategy today, uh, Joseph. Uh, Joseph Demergis was was there as well, initially in the in the first steps, and later on we progressed the company uh, as a non-for-profit. But obviously, one of the main elements or one of the main key positions, if you want, was the parallel way of a think tank that is a non-for-profit on the one case, on the one way, and on the other, um, that actually promotes, if you want, discussions, scientific discussions, political discussions, public affairs, understanding connections with the market economies and with the people if they wish to learn more. Obviously, we were only young scientists starting, so the element of financing was not really there. Um, we did not know. We did not know. We did not know day one what are we going to do. We knew when we became a legal company, for even if it was a not-for-profit, we did not know how to do it. We learned how to do it. Uh, years later, um, we found out that the non-for-profit company, however, could not go in parallel sessions uh, with the expectations that one academic, one scientist would like to have. So although we had done many, many projects, including NATO, and since we're, we're, we're taping it today, that's NATO summit meeting uh -huh. taking place, um, we've done a lot of projects with NATO as well. We've done a lot of projects with, with, with other members. And we, we tried to host through our annual summit meetings uh, different people with an agenda uh, of international caliber, if you want. And all of these events were held in my native city of Thessaloniki in Greece, where we managed to do quite a very big deal of events. And we concentrated also not only in the actual event, but also in organizing ourselves. So eventually we started two, then I became one. Then we became two again. Then we became four, then six, then 20, then 27. And these 27 people were young people like us, and we were working together to uh, try to establish different understandings and prospects and perspectives, while at the same time engage them, them young, if you want, people into their future uh, capabilities and have their, their own future in their own respective ways, the way that they understand and therefore utilizing Strategy International as a platform to learn and enhance their capabilities, personal as skills, and, and also their professional capabilities and being able to understand the complexities of the world that we live in today. Eventually, we, we, we led Strategy International through a variety of events. Uh, our conferences ended up having... 1,500 people in 32 different, uh, um, you know, government representatives of different government, di diplomats, um, local authorities, uh, state authorities, and so on and so forth. Um, and it also led me in a personal capacity 
um, to increase my value as a person with designated opinions, with, with the ability to scientifically research more, uh, because I always wanted to travel. I was always traveling. I was always on a plane going somewhere. And that also helped me enhance, if you want, the knowledge, the operational capability on how to organize it, and so on and so forth. Nevertheless, as I said, the financial um, capabilities were not always there. Um, and it was tight. Uh, eventually, we found out that having a, an academic career or a scientific career, this would not have been easy to keep it. Therefore, I took the decision to, if you want, put a freeze into the company. Um, at that time, a non-for-profit. I actually closed it down uh, legally. Um, and uh, then I followed up with my next steps in my academic career, my scientific career, uh, today being an associate professor of international security and strategy. Um, but then I never forgot where, where it started from because it is very important to believe in your dreams. My dream was not to have just an empty cold strategy international. My my dream still is my dream, my, my vision, if you want, is to, to be able to do what we're doing today, to have people from all around the world. So we have people from Hong Kong to where you are in Canada. By the way, George is in Canada. Hmm. Um, to have people in the United States, to have people in Holland, to have people in Cyprus, to have people in, in Israel, to have people in the UAE, to have people like everywhere where we can actually blend in the civilizational approach and engage into a discussion, obviously considering the agendas, the agenda, the international community agenda is big. So it ranges from global trade to wars to conflict resolutions to food scarcity, food scarcity and, and security to energy security, you name it. Um, but then again, I wanted to bring, and I still want to bring the very best, and to bring them in to negotiate, discuss, explore together. Now, Years later, the company was reopened as a consulting firm, uh, as a think tank. And the idea is to bring capable and able people together from all around the world, different market capacities, not only academics, but also scientists, so I'm going to say professionally, or professionals that work in the market economy, to be able to write envision, lead, and put forward new ideas that can actually help in the creation of policies through governments. So we can propose to governments, we can propose to, uh, to, to, to institutions, to companies, to people, to the politicians, to the entrepreneurs, to the business people, and at the same time, conduct public relations with them or for them to network different sides of the market or different hemispheric, if you want, sides of people bringing them together and allow them to discuss. You know, put it simply, it's a discussion forum. It's a negotiation forum. It is nothing complex, either by definition or by action. Hmm. Where it becomes complex, maybe for some, is that we have embraced technology. I've been embracing technology since day one, since I was doing my master's degree. And I was searching the web. Back in the days, there was no web. There was no even ways to quote the web and so on and so forth. And I remember one of my um, former professors, uh, once he was invited to one of our conferences, and I was not even in the room at that point. I had stepped outside and somebody told me to come in, join back and said, Mario was one of the very first people to extensively utilize the internet and its uses at that time for source creation. Right. So we want to be a source creation. We want to be a dialogue of civilizations. We want to be a think tank. We want to be a consulting firm. And we want to be able to do the practicalities that bring people together in the table of negotiations and that negotiate on a real-time scale, considering all the issues and all the troubles from business to society to, to, to elements of, 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 of local governance to international governance to international community and so on. And obviously, as I said, I cannot do it alone. And that's why we got good people like you that are now on board. We got people that actually not only believed 
in the idea or me, but you have done your own achievement, George, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, for, for for those that do not know, actually, George has very has made a very good career of political affairs, and he's been advising for many, many years. So he's been doing very big things, including also his ability to do live podcasts. And that's why George was my first choice. And it was not only him following me, but I was following him as well. So the power of social media. Um, But then again, I really believe that you can lead on the discussion for the multiplicity of reasons we had discussed before. You have a clear voice, clear idea, uh, global understanding. You have a multicultural family, a multi-leveled space and understanding of how the world goes. Uh, and it feels great to be able to, to sit down and talk with you. And I mean these words, uh, because these are the expectations of the variety of people that will come through your show. And we really hope that we find more and more and more solutions to upgrade and upscale it uh, week by week, month by month, year by year. Because we're not going to have only podcasts from the, the known team but we're also going to bring people that we consider, you consider, uh, as key of, of key importance, not only to strategy, but to those that are going to follow us and those that are going to listen to us uh, with, with the understanding that the internet gives you a bundle of opportunities right. to learn, to hear the sound, the voice, and the picture. Uh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the objective, and, and I'm confident that we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be able to achieve that. I mean, just to, the idea for me was always to add value, anything I did. Right. Um, and thank you so much for, for, for the kind words. Um, and I, I'm, I'm very confident that we'll, you know, some really good things are going to come out of this, um, out of this initiative. Uh, let me go back to strategy international for a second. You mentioned that, you know, the challenges of running this as a nonprofit, uh, organization, uh, that led you to pretty much put a pause on it and fo- and follow uh, you know another professional path now you're back uh in a different context what do you think or what are you um what are you expecting or what are you envisioning as uh, as a challenge going forward let's say in the next one or two years we all know that starting uh, an initiative a business a corporation or whatever it is anything the first year or two are usually always challenging what are what are you projecting uh, that could potentially be a stumbling block or any challenges that you think that you will need to kind of overcome? The difference back then is we did not know and we did not expect the level of work that was anticipated for us. Mm. So we also had to make an earning for ourselves. Right. Uh, today, I am trying to have this as a 100% fixed position in order to be able to secure the operational plans that we have put through in order to set up the company appropriately as it needs. So from standards to operational capabilities to facilitations, you name it. Uh, But I want to do it light form because I want my people, my colleagues, to be able to, to operate everywhere they want around the world. See, COVID has shown us that on the one hand, technology may leverage, if you want to save, the needs and our dreams coming through. But then again, technology can be used in order to connect the dots. And this world, is, which is quite big, through technology can become really small. Mm-hmm. And in a blink of an eye, we can have the information and we can utilize the information. So what my assumptions are, is that if I would invest myself into this, which I did, and I took the risk, because it is a risk, um, it would really help establish a framework that is not there. Think tanks are international, but they're national in terms of interests. Very few think tanks around the world, which are very known, and we have not even reached that level yet, obviously, but um, they have the capability to embrace the world and bring people in their premises. And I, I was part of that, of these programs as well. And assure knowledge, understanding, the ability to, to interact to understand where you come from and what is it that you offer 
And I really want to do the same thing. And I've been very honored to have been in the positions that I have been in my life, whether this was the United States or Europe or, or Cyprus or in the UAE, um, to learn a lot of things. And now it is our time, and I'm not saying my time, but it is our time to embrace these operational approaches, these choices that we have, and create something bigger, something global, something independent something that is not interest-based of nations, rather collaboration of nations. And therefore, the collective interest is what matters. Mm-hmm. So in the next few years, we, we will operate and fix all the operational approaches. We will synchronize with the international community agenda, if I may call it like this. We will take part in various events. We will create various events. We hope to create our annual summit meeting and our conferences and our trainings. Um, We do intend to self-educate ourselves and educate others. Um, Learn as we go, but then then again, go deep. What I mean deep, uh, we're doing this and there is no turning back. Right. Uh, We're doing this no matter what. And we're doing this because that thing that I created back in the days where I was just young PhD with not really sure what the future is going to look like. Uh, but then again, I had my hands and my knowledge and my capabilities has led me to today. Therefore, imagine what happens if I actually invest myself into this. And so so if you look, if you look forward in time, Mario, like, like in five, 10 years from today, where would you like to be? Where where do you see a negotiation center? A negotiation center. A negotiation center. I want a full full capabilities negotiation center with a variety of of sponsors and collaborators and governments and institutions coming here and doing the annual summit meetings and um, establishing themselves as a must form. Uh, where we are truly engaged into open and closed session meetings where we engage in between us and solving key issues and solutions. Obviously, as you know, in the Southeast Med, there is a lot of issues that need to be solved, political, economic, trade, you name them. Um, So there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but it is not going to be only East Med because we are connected with the global trade. So we have to understand how global trade goes, how the international market economy goes, how the the, the perspectives of, you know, of, of digital economies or circular economies, digital or analogic, or the environment goes. So we have one planet, so we have to care of this one planet. So we have to be engaged on those policies on environment, for example, on the in- inclusiveness of of, of, of the European Union or if you want the transatlantic approach or how things are done why should avoid why should we avoid war and why is war not good for example so we, we have to look at those things in a in a perspective that may we may have seen bits and pieces but in order to do policies we do require people to be able to explain to us from their own perspective, from their own land, where they are located, how things are done, right. which is called primary and empirical evidence. Mm-hmm. So we want to have the empirical evidence. We want to have quantifiable evidence. We want to be able to um, um, become, if you want, the interlocutor between company A to company B, government A to government B, government to business, and so on and so forth. Um and we go day by day, week by week, month by month. The business plan of a think tank may be there. The business plan of a consulting company may be there. But in reality, if you want to embrace the ongoing changes and the challenges that are now in front of us and ahead of us, we need to be realistic and we need to be global. And that's what I believe. Yeah, that's amazing. I want to I want to discuss with you a little bit um, uh, some, you know, uh, regional challenges. Um, you mentioned East Mediterranean, but before we do that, I just want to finalize a little bit on this uh, on this new era that you're embarking on. Uh, just give everyone a little perspective of the team, maybe not specifically the people, but give give us an idea of what you've composed already so far. Uh, right, the right, the right. branches that you've created and right. the people that are involved and uh, give us an idea of the team there that you have assembled. 
Okay, I'll start with the media team because it's easy. <laughs> we got you in front of us. So you're 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 part of that pillar. Okay, the pillar of exposure. I call it the pillar of exposure. Pillar of exposure should have the media outlet. I call it media outlet. Maybe I'm using wrong words in this in some cases. So forgive me if I'm, you know, or forgive our audience for if I make any mistakes as such. But the the meaning is the most important. So the media component. So I believe that people visualize and what they visualize, they understand. So they want to hear more interviews. They want to have more vivid discussions. They want to have more lively discussions, not only TV style, but something more normal, something more like human. not well yeah well human it's human already but without if you want standards of discussion so you've got to be the the problem with with these sort of things you've got to be ready to answer any question anytime on any level and be able to 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 reflect any kind of 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 realities that may come to you so if there's a a difficult question you have to know to answer so that's difficult but then again you know, a podcast that you're doing, and we discuss this over and over again, the 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 audio one, it really, really makes a difference. And in Europe, it, it, it may not be as progressive as it is in the US or Canada or in, in America and the kind of Americas or in China or this and that. In, in, in Europe, it is, but it's not prime time. So we want to make it prime time for our policy. The, the second one is that while we do the podcast, it is really important to, to also do the visual not only the audio, but also the visual. So we're going to utilize platforms for the video. Um, then the quality of discussions that are going to come will be enhanced. Once with you, then we're going to go into web TV. So we're going to try different different sequences of TV. So this is more this is more uh, uh, this more uh, VIP if you want treatment the podcast, but the the web TV is going to be more like of a of a of a, of a round approach. And I'm going to go to to the element that actually says try to visualize with small documentaries, like let's say two minutes or three minutes, that actually tries to pass on the message. Mm-hmm. And in that case, I I, I stop the audio and visual. But then we have the publications and the publication is also part of that media wave because publications are scientific, can be market oriented and can be at any level. So it can be a small opinion ed to a big to a book, to a mini series, to a project, to you name it. Uh, it can be a, a, a blue paper, it can be a white paper, it can be a non-paper, uh, all these, these political um, words that make sound nice. But what, what matters is the substance. And the substance has to be analytical with empirical evidence, the approach and the ability for somebody not only to analyze, but to critically think and adapt elements that he or she thinks into the results. Mm -hmm. So outcomes that need to come out of this should be really reflective, the needs of the market and the needs of the real economy. While at the same time, if you do it, for example, at the level of government, you need to understand the legal perspective, the political perspective, the operational perspective, the security perspective, the financial perspectives, and so on and so forth. Therefore, think in multidisciplinary approaches that actually allows for somebody to read something and comprehend, understand, and proceed from that point on. Now, there are other services that we we are uh, doing. Uh, which is the public relations. And the public relations includes, if you want, the whole picture of how one person should be. Now, commonly known for those are younger people that, you know, governments may have public relations companies, but also singers or actors or basketball players or football players, you name it. So on the one hand, you have companies that you can do the PR for them, but you can also have a private person. You can have an institution, you can have a team. So we tailor all the public needs, if you want, of of the relations part, and we create a strategy, which is a policy, and we help them enhance their role. The other one is the networking. From without the networking, you can't do anything. It's not only a matter of connections, but, but how you utilize those connections for the benefit of all sides. And this is the most important part. Then we have the events management and the events management will do the events management from trainings, closed sessions, open sessions, seminars, webinars, uh, conferences, and so on and so forth. Um, 
And then we're going to have different, if you want shows, talk shows, if you want, or publications that is for or against. So we're going to take the, you know, the, the, the dark side and the white side and the black side and the red side. And, the, and we're going to compare with each other. We're going to have different interviews. Mm-hmm. We're going to have uh, different processes of approach um, that will, will render, if you want, Strategy International as being a must. Now, most importantly, we're going to have headlight, head, head, um, headlight news, as we call it, uh, headline news. Um, we're going to have highlights. We're going to have special interviews. We're going to have special meetings, um, some open, some closed. Because the idea is to comprehend, first of all, on what is happening around the world and then utilize what we, we know that is happening to forecast the future, but forecast with evidence. So based on these evidences, considering even unforeseen changing variables, to utilize them in such a way that is progressive, open, liberal in in thinking, and also conclusive with tangible results. You know, I was really, I was really impressed when you were telling me uh, the team that you've assembled and the people that you're going to be collaborating with, and they're all over the world. Yeah. Um, give us an idea of that. Tell us a little bit with the people that you'll be working with and how far they span, connecting you to pretty much all corners of the world. Yeah, as I said, we, one of our latest uh, successes, and I, this is actually due to a colleague, Stefano, who's in Washington, who knows Richard, who's in Hong Kong. Uh, and they're both leading companies, by the way. Um, and they're there. <coughs> um, and we had the same discussion on why, why should we collaborate together? So the idea is that we bring the best expertise together because if we're a team, we work better together. Expertise matters, and it matters on the ground. You have Siri. He's working on oil and gas, for example. He's from Holland. Um, you got Mark, uh, Mark Voyager. Uh, he's he's, uh, he's American, uh, Bulgarian, and he's in Ukraine. Um, we, we, got, we got people from all over the place. We got, we got Francis. Uh, Francis is in the United States. We have Michael. Um, he's in the United States as well. They're in Ohio. So um, we got other people from from Washington D.C. We got people from Brussels. We got people from London. We got people from Cyprus. Um, and and we got we got uh, we have Omar from the United Arab Emirates. So it's it's it's. It's complementarity. So it's basically what I've had in life that I'm actually putting into practice. So I've been always in an environment that was European. It was international because I grew up in Brussels. So it was always European. And I always learned different languages and different skill sets. And I made different friends. And everywhere that I've been there, we had done different friends. And, you know, and and everybody's there. Um, So you got different people with different skill sets. I don't want to, you know, not mention everybody. uh, But there are are 32 people right now. Um, And they have their own expertise. And at the same time, their own capability to interconnect with the disciplines. So we split. Because you asked me earlier, how did you split? We split under topics, under regions, and under objectives. And we got the website strategyinternational.org that we built from scratch. Uh, And it took us a bit because I was never, I don't think I'm quite easy lately. um, Because I got a great marketing team. Um, and we're working together. They're also young, by the way, uh, younger than both you and I, George. Yeah, uh, but we're not. <laughs> Let's clarify that we're still young. They're just younger. Yeah, they're younger. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, it, it's a, it's it, it's great to hear out from younger people because I've always I've been always the younger one everywhere that I've been, and I was always. I may have been wise, but I was not at the level of 
if you want maturity that I should have been. But then again, I was pushing and pushing and pushing. And I was like, no, I'm mature enough. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And now the, the, the age is now going higher. I'm, yeah. I'm going in a level like, wait, now I'm older, which means I'm more mature, uh, which I don't think so. But um, nevertheless, um, I wanted to have a team of people that actually, like I advise others, they advise the team on how to do it better. Right. And this is actually also your role in this where you will guide us and I will follow. Mm -hmm. And it is very simple. It is very simple because uh, in the end of the day, we're doing something that is really honorable. I believe Uh, it is really competitive. It will become competitive in a way that is projected in various forms in political affairs. But then we play according to the rules and according to the chessboard of international community, of the standards, of negotiations abilities. So I'm injecting all the few professional achievements that I have managed as a professor to teach. And I took these teachings, these empirical evidences that I have done in my life, and I'm adding value to it with people that I believe they can do it. But we're also opening to more interns. Uh, where we have now the first intern coming in uh, from a recent collaboration in the university we're going to have here. And hopefully we're going to have the interns from around the world. No, it's amazing. It's also cool to have interns from around the world. So it it takes time, George. And it takes time. And my fear um, is, it's not the failure. My fear is myself. How so? How how do I convince myself that what I do is right Mm -hmm. and that is minimum risk? But then again, if you do not take a risk, you cannot know. So Mm -hmm. this is really good. And I want to be up to the standards for all my colleagues and all my friends. I believe that I'm, I'm passing a test every day to myself and others. But I also believe that it's really value. Because you saw it up until today where we started, the ups and downs we had mm-hmm. and how we are now moving into levels and levels and levels. And just to say something to our audience that podcasts are going to be you know, a most major element uh, in the way that we expose the work of Strategy International. And that's why we, we want to have three or four podcasts, let's say, a month. Uh, depending on the synchronization that we have. But again, I pay a lot of attention in the operational approach. And if I don't like something, I go back to it. I go back to the drawing boards and then back testing and then back again and back again. Yeah, I, I think the important thing... Yeah, I, th- I think the important thing is that you, you're you're uh, you're aware that this is constantly um, uh, a working... Uh, a, 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 a work that is constantly in progress, right? It's a, it's always a work in progress. And I think that's the best thing to do, right? I mean, you always need to be adapting uh, and uh, to, to be leveling up. Uh, and uh, I, I'm confident that, you know, there's, uh, you're on a path of, uh, of success. And I think more importantly for me, there is a wealth of knowledge that you're just waiting to, to, to share uh, with the world, uh, and that's, uh, that, that, that's exciting for me. And that's uh, why, that's why, that's why, George, we want to also increase not only the 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 people, the the and the seniority of the people or the junior people coming in, but also to create a board of advisors. And I'm actually working on board of advisors right now. I'm in contact with three, four people. Um, I'm not going to say any names until it's mm-hmm. actually happened. But the idea is to have this again globality of, of mm-hmm. this board of advisors that actually advise practically, operationally. And while we also find out and figure out ways to be attractive to the global market need, because as you know, the market requires such people, but it requires also financial capabilities mm-hmm. to enhance, to operate and to enlarge. So the, the idea, as you said, in 10 years is to be uh, operational, uh, capable, um, enabled, 
uh, and more free hands that we have already, but we want to be more free, more, you know, travel around the world. We have a, a whole world to, to go around with, to meet people with. And I, I imagine picking you up with a plane and, and, and uh, picking up two tickets or something and, and going to the other side of the world and, and meeting with people and coming back. This is what I live for. And mm-hmm. I, I think this is what the people are looking for as well, the, the colleagues. Mario, I I wanna um, I wanna talk a little bit about some key issues that are unfolding uh, in today's reality, um, just because of the knowledge that you have on these issues and uh, just information that you can give to the to to, to the world. Uh, obviously, one of them is Ukraine. We already had an opportunity earlier this uh, this year uh, on my podcast to discuss it in detail, um, but I, I want to have uh, maybe uh, your, your um, uh, your uh, your input on this because obviously this is a conflict that is lasting way longer than anyone could have imagined i think um where do things stand at the moment uh, i mean do you think that there's a possibility soon that we can maybe see a light at the end of the tunnel no not really and i think i i told that during your podcast you remember mm-hmm. you, you asked me similar question and just for the information of of, of our audience this discussion was not you know pre-existing in, in a in a in a structure so we we move our discussions as we go along so and, and this is what i like about you by the way you have you have this easiness of moving transiting from one topic to the other but let, let me say something about ukraine um this is war we're talking about mm-hmm. and it's not good mm-hmm. it's not good for multiple reasons if we look at it at the local level belarusia russia and ukraine or as we call them, the sister countries. Okay? For X, Y, Z reasons, they were allies. And now they're battling each other, which is not good for them. I'm talking about them. Secondly, war means casualties and atrocities. Now, somebody may ask me, but why is it so important? Because there are other wars elsewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. In Africa, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, you name it. There's there are more wars right now than ever been seen before. Now, the, the reason is because of the mass level of attack that's taking place, right. because there is an organized army that has actually invaded another country, another sovereign country, for X, Y, Z reasons, which are illegal for, for those that believe in international law. Even if uh, Vladimir Putin considers this... Uh, um, um, I mean, a, a special operation. There are no special operations that gives you the the legal right to invade, mm-hmm. but therefore is exposing himself in and utilizing its its the the grander vision of what he wants to see Russia into, and therefore says, "I'm a big power, so I I go in." And it's been done in history before. Mm-hmm. That I think that that's the thing that he does. But the the level of destruction in Ukraine is so massive at this point that assuming that the war ends tomorrow, the actual atrocities will not stop before, let's say, a year, year and a half from now. Because the the hate levels on the ground, with all these dead people left from either side, so big that it will not end really soon. Generations will have to come, and history has been written already, that this is one of the bloodiest um, European soil uh, right. wars and why right. we call it european because russia and ukraine at least in the 19th century were european and eurasian areas mm-hmm. and now the big question is who belongs to where does ukraine belong to the eu i think yes does ukraine belong to nato if they want to i think yes and vladimir putin said that's why we're getting involved because we told you that we should not discuss anything that relates uh, to the expansion, NATO. yeah. expansion of NATO. And because of that, we now have Finland and Sweden into NATO. I was going to talk to you a little bit about that. But before we get to that, just to like end on this topic, and there's many things that we that we can discuss on this. Obviously, we don't want to take up too much of the time. But what do you think this conflict means for the future of you know Russia's relations with the international community? I think you know pretty much all the doors have been closed. Uh, is there any hope for that to be reestablished? Not, not, not or? really. Not really. Not really, because we we have a tendency in the West to see the Western Hemisphere like we've seen the whole world. 
but the eastern part of the world or the south part of the world is another 5 billion people. So if we're 2 billion people, let's say you have another five and a half and emerging people, um, you have uh, a movement of, you know, of financial power from the west to the east. Uh, I'm not talking only about China, but the whole Eastern Hemisphere mm-hmm. in general. And there is an issue there because demographics, these countries from India to Bangladesh to Vietnam to, to anything, uh, they, they're expanding. Indonesia, they're expanding. Uh, China is expanding. Uh, African states are expanding. And the European Union and the United States and Canada are demographically getting very older. Mm-hmm. and um, legal migration, let's say, legal migration allows for things to move ahead because we're not doing a baby boom like France did in the 50s. Um, so we need a baby boom in order to talk about the future of relations with other countries that are uh, going going high the level of demographics. Now, funnily enough, Russia does not. Russia also is low in demographics as well. It's been declining. Now, why Russia will eventually come to the table. It's been noticed yesterday, I think, that Vladimir Putin said he will attend the G20. That will be fun. Mm-hmm. That will be really fun because nobody will talk to him, mm-hmm. at least initially. But eventually somebody will try to talk to him. Right. Or I guess uh, President Macron will try to somehow bridge something in order to say at least uh, hello or shake hands or I don't know what they're going to do. Um you cannot do without Russia, and I think Vladimir Putin knows that, but you cannot do with Russia at this point. Energy security, food scarcity, technology inabilities, um, and if you want the already messed up elements that happened because of COVID and all this messing around with the global trade and the efficiencies to deliver goods and the quantity of goods that you want and natural resources is really characteristics that we're going to see them more and more often again and again and again. It seems um, it seems that we are going to have to see more people um, fighting over scarcity of resources, mainly in Africa. Yeah. It's already been done. Uh, it seems that China also gets permissions for natural resources as well. The West will be utilizing the, those natural resources in their own capacity with their own strategic alliances. And therefore, strategic alliances will come to be. And where do we stand? We we hope to utilize these knowledge, this knowledge that we have and translate it into an operational, if you want, plan or a policy plan on how to make the alliances on how to shape alliances, on how to create the dialogue on specific needs considering the requests of the market. Because the West, unlike the East with the exception of China and India, they have huge requests of goods. So we're still, the the power of the West is that we're consuming developed countries. But developing countries are now being very, going to the developed countries and therefore, and eventually, these goods are going to become greater in numbers in those areas, and therefore they are going to seek solutions that are, we, we may see them as normal now for us, but tomorrow they're going to be competitive towards the needs that we have. Right. With an embedded value of technology, where technology, the creation of the good, the, the utility of the human that creates the software, the application, the R&D, and the innovation that comes with will become a prime-time competitive approach in the global market and the ways that we shape even alliances in political affairs, not okay. mentioning if you want the use of technology in environment or our space exploration right. or any kind of operations, even settling on the moon or Mars or you name it. You're mentioning alliances, and I want to uh, I want to finalize on uh, on another um, uh, key development that is happening right now because you know we mentioned that this whole conflict in Ukraine started you know with the um, the supposed expansion of NATO and uh, further east and you know Russia's intent on not having that happened, and that conflict initiated this collateral, if you want, um, result of having 
countries seek alliances now you mentioned finland and sweden that wanted uh, that, that 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 are will be joining nato and this i think is um uh happened in, in the summit that is happening uh, these days in, in in spain and you also have uh, an eu expansion happening with uh, georgia ukraine and moldova seeking urgent uh, membership and obviously f- uh, uh, between those three countries you have two that I think the EU agreed to allow uh, for the negotiations to start for um, uh, the accession into into the into the EU. Um, do you believe that these uh, expansions, both for NATO and the and the EU, are uh, are catalyst for peace, or because of the way that things have developed now, they will just further deepen the divide and perpetuate what seems? to be at least what some are considering a, a new Cold War? Good question. Um, you want my personal opinion? Sure, I want, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the word Cold, the, the term Cold War seems to be the case in a financial level, considering all the constraints that they put and all the, the, the you know, the financial uh, uh, blockades if you want they they put in in russian oligarchs or affiliated with the russian government oligarchs but um the expansion of in the european union we call it enlargement okay and there's a reason why enlargement expansion is more mm-hmm. more aggressive yeah. and not only is a word but also as an action and enlargement is because it enlarges um both ways the capacities and the social political and economic and cultural expansions um so i'm trying to to project the understanding that the european union is a human in economics and cultural diplomacy and political affairs and so on and if you've seen even vladimir Putin doesn't have a problem with eu enlargement Mm -hmm. his problem is nato because it's military so they're afraid that for them, it's an issue of national security, as they called it, uh, because they're in close proximity and then they will border NATO. They don't want to border NATO. That, that's clear. Um, but then again, NATO has been given now the reason why more countries should join in. Because you yeah. cannot take for granted their political and cultural object because they're just not right. They lied multiple times. They lied. They lied politically. They lied militarily. They lied even international law. They lied in the faces of those people that would like to understand how international law is done. You can't say things and mean other. You can't say things and do other things. And definitely you cannot bomb you know, malls and stores and buildings and houses. So we're, we're talking about the inability of Russia to comprehend the values that are represented in a European or Euro-Atlantic term. Forget about the European Union or NATO. Russia of the 19th century Russia was Eurocentric. And then the ideologies took place, and then communism, et cetera, et cetera. But your, Russia was Eurocentric values and ethics, trade, culture, and poetry, and so on and so forth, and, and, and ballet, and you name it. Mm-hmm. Language, literature, okay, religious issues, uh, you name them. Now we see competition even in the religious affairs mm-hmm. because the actual problem with Ukraine. Also started with the self-headed of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, which belongs to the Ecumenical Patriarch in Constantinople. Mm-hmm. And now they are talking about getting back because the Russian Church has more power than ever before and seemingly thinks that it can be an Ecumenical Patriarch. Mm-hmm. It cannot. So they have they have multiplied levels of competition in such a way that really they do not really reflect any any european value for any reason i understand that russia is big and and the federal state is that it is and it wants to be run the way that they want to and it's their own state and great all this and accepted and preserved and everything but you cannot go and attack 
whomever you want. If we legalize the attack of Russia into Ukraine, it's like legalizing the 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 what Turkey did into Cyprus by illegally invading Cyprus mm-hmm. and the, the result that they did. Only Russia did it in a massive scale and it did it in a bigger country space-wise and people-wise and the atrocities that are daily happening are so big and now either sides are presumed because one fights without defense so it's normal that they would kill each other that the hate factor has become embedded into their bloodstreams and either sides. And I really am scared that Ukraine may not only need tri- trillions and billions in order to rebuild, rebuild. Yeah. but it will need a lot of psychological transitions and generations of people to be able to even safeguard the, the, the sovereignty of the state because a lot of small powers will emerge in case Zelensky doesn't go through the the transitions that will need to be done considering the the need to rebuild ukraine right ukraine is not any country ukraine was also the battle of ukraine was between nazi germany and the soviets because whoever controls ukraine controlled the feeding of the european armies back then either Mm -hmm. soviet or So you can understand, even now we talk about food. Now this happened, and now we have the issue again of the the food elements and what is missing as well. Add to it metals, add to it uh, other raw materials are coming from Ukraine, and also the fear factor that this may spill over to other countries such as Moldova or Georgia. And Mm -hmm. like a week ago, Georgians hit the, the streets putting European flags that they want European future. And Europe, whether Putin likes it or not, European Union and NATO come hand in hand together. Right, right. It's a, it, it's interesting. It's a, it's definitely interesting, and uh, we're living a, a time where things are definitely uncertain, a uh, certain. And um, if, for me, you know, and for all the political buffs out there, this is a, an area of focus that draws our attention on a daily basis. Um, and you're right, whatever happens, whatever developments seem to happen are going to lay out the foundations of this new world, like of this new future. And um, I hope that there will be things for us to to learn. Um, but then again, I, I, I have a small suggestion. I mean, this may sound quite interesting, but this is a very good opportunity for those that feel aspired by what's happening even by Finland and Sweden like they did to join NATO, that other countries can join NATO. And whatever other countries may say, like Turkey, for example, who negotiated, even Cyprus could have done a letter of intent, a letter of intent, and establish a diplomatic tie to NATO to just feel the the vibes Mm -hmm. and to learn from those vibes. Other countries can also pinpoint their abilities, like I said, Georgia or Moldova, to join the EU. Actually, Moldova applied with Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And also Moldova got the start of negotiations. Mm -hmm. And Moldova is a beautiful country, by the way. A beautiful country. And it it has huge issues with Transnistria and and Russia, but also has issues with Romania. Part of the negotiations is to engage into constant discussions and solve these issues like Greece has been trying to do with the Balkans and affiliates and inclusive uh, diplomacies to include the Western Balkans. So the European Union and the values are there. And Russia could have done a great job into adding value to the European ethics and the values and the transitions and the cultural diplomacy, if only would not have done such a political mess. Right. And such a military mess and create a hate level between Ukrainians and Russians. Forget about the rest of us. Ukrainians and Russians between them. Because think about it. Let's say they, they withdraw. Let's say they withdraw today and they give back all these areas. They will still border each other. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you feel in that level? How would you feel that, that level? in the borders between Ukraine and oh, Russia. Yeah, you're absolutely right. What are you going to see? How are you going to rebuild? You can say, I'm sorry, I'm going to rebuild. Yeah. It doesn't happen like that. Nazi Germany still repays its dues. It mm-hmm. still has to repay a lot of dues to other countries, uh, politically, financially, and culturally, including to Greece, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For all the things that it, it has done, 
and the amazing things that it has done to lead the European Union and be sitting down in the same table to negotiate. But it took them more than 50 years right. to even reach that level. So imagine what, what damage Russia has done to itself, most importantly, and then Ukraine and then the rest of us. Interesting. Mario, this conversation can go on for hours. Um, I, I want to thank you for your time. Congratulate you once again for this new era, this new chapter, uh, which is going to bring uh, through fantastic things, a lot of value for a lot of people all over the world. I'm looking forward to it, as I'm sure you are as well. Um, thank you again, and thank you to all the listeners or the, 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 the viewers watching this, whether it's video or audio. We thank you, and um, we will see you all in the next episode. Thank you, Mario, once again. Thank you very much, George, and good luck to you, and uh, welcome to a new era, as you said. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Strategy International podcast, produced by PodMTL for Strategy International. Feel free to subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere fine podcasts can be found.